Welcome to the Career Change Podcast, where you'll discover the frank and practical advice and resources that are already proven to work in the real world when it comes to changing careers or figuring out what business is right for you when you are a smart but likely also stuck, overwhelmed or overthinking person in your mid-30s, your 40s, your mid-50s. I'm your host, Ricky Hansen, a career change advisor, entrepreneur and former corporate HR professional with over 15 years experience of helping thousands of people just like you identify Identify or create careers or businesses that are both meaningful and future-proof. Welcome home. Hey, it's Ricky here. Welcome to episode 55 of the Career Change Podcast. Let's talk about the most risky career change strategy after 35. So this is for those of you who told me via email, because I've been talking to you, that you are rather lopsided or one-sided when it comes to how you think about risk and career change. So here's what I mean by that. The vast majority of professionals over 35 who want to change careers or who want to start their own business, they completely overestimate the risks of changing whilst totally underestimating the risks of staying stuck. And here's the thing, you've already been staying stuck for a while. That means you're already paying the price of staying stuck, the risks of which you're probably massively ignoring. So if you find yourself second guessing or staying stuck because you keep thinking pretty much exclusively about how risky it will be for you to change careers or start that business, this episode, my friend, is for you. I'm recording it because I would love to help you see the bigger picture and help you make a much more empowered and much much less lopsided, one-sided decision. So this particular episode is especially for you if you've spent the vast majority or maybe even your entire career so far in the same profession. You've likely also spent a very long time either in the same type of job or even in the same company. So what that means is that you've likely spent the last 5, 10, 15, 20 plus years inside your own little professional bubble. And until recently, you might not have noticed or having to deal with the massive changes that are happening throughout the world of work. So what that means is you're likely also missing the much bigger picture in terms of how the world of work is actually dramatically changing and how that is actually probably already impacting you or definitely will very soon impact you. Now, I also want to say that I totally get it. Making, even thinking about making a change can seem overwhelming and it can also seem scary compared to the devil you know, right? But I also want you to be aware of sometimes it can actually, for some people, be really handy to totally underestimate the risks of staying stuck and totally overestimating the risk of changing because often it can make you feel better and make you justify why you choose to scroll Instagram rather than go to a meeting to meet a potential co-founder or work towards building new skills, etc. So there's also that side to it, right? But in short, if you are a professional over 35 and you know you want a career change or you want to start your own business. And actually, you've known that for quite a while and you are in 
a job where you currently have a toxic boss or a toxic company culture or a line of work you no longer enjoy, you're fed up, burned out, tired, autopiloting, in, etc. But you are also the kind of type who sort of window shop when it comes to your career change. Maybe you window shop for a little bit, then you put it on hold, then you start the career change again, then you put it on hold and on and on it goes. Because you keep pulling yourself back from the career change because you tell yourself that it's too risky to change careers at your age or at this stage in your career, then this episode is for you. I'll talk about some very specific risks that you are likely ignoring or maybe even unaware of or completely underestimating right now to your own detriment and therefore you're still stuck. So let's get straight into it. Let's talk about why it's so important to get clear about risk and career change. The kind of risk that you probably don't think about as in the risk of staying stuck. So I've spent almost two decades, if you're a regular listener of the Career Change Podcast, you know that I've spent almost two decades as a career change advisor in the trenches, you know, with real people, professionals over 35 who want to change careers and start their own business. And I cannot tell you, especially in the last five years plus, there's been such a dramatic increase in the amount and speed of change in the working world. And here's the, and this is just going to speed up, you know, and, and get even more dramatic, even faster. And here's the important thing for you to know. In this new world of work, if you are currently choosing to stay stuck in a job or career you don't enjoy and where you've already checked out and you're kind of autopiloting it, not changing is the most risky career change strategy after 35. I'll repeat that. Not changing is the most risky career change strategy after 35. And remember, I am particularly talking to those of you who are over 35 and who have been stuck for a while. You know you want to need a career change. You're just stuck in that job. You're just going through the motions, just coping. You don't enjoy or particularly care about what you do. Here's what happens and why it is so dangerous to remain stuck in a career or job that no longer interests and suits you. Where you burn out in a toxic job with a bullying boss, here's the thing, you no longer achieve. And also you risk de-skilling yourself, demotivating yourself, becoming even more irrelevant even in your current career. And what also starts to happening the longer you stay when you deep down know you want something else, is that you start losing your self-confidence and you start losing trust in yourself. Here's the important thing to know. You risk much less by transitioning into an exciting new career or business of your own. One that empowers you to do your best work, to thrive, to thrive and to feel confident and valued for the many, many more years that you still have left to work. Those of us over 35, you know, those of us who are kind of called the Gen X or the elder millennials, we grew up and we had parents and school that prepared us for a much more predictable and much more laddered, straightforward world of work. And even though I know that you listening, you know that things have changed dramatically in terms of no more job for life, no more career ladders, you've likely been in the same industry for a decade or more. And that means that you probably do still have that 
bubble or the, the vision, the tunnel vision. And maybe if you're in an industry that hasn't yet been dramatically impacted by the, the changes in the world of work, that means that you might still be telling yourself stories that are out of date, outdated stories, like it's too risky to change because it used to not be the norm to change careers after 35 or to start a business after 35. It used to be that the world was a lot more predictable, but those times are over. I know that you might know that, but let me ask you, are you really acting that way? Or are you still listening to your parents or well-meaning friends telling you that it's too crazy to change at your age? Just make the check in there. Here's the irony though. I know some of you have kids. Some of my clients do, others don't. But a lot of times people are like, oh, I'm really worried about my kids in this new world of work. You're worried about, you know, how it's changing so much. All whilst completely ignoring the fact that you are also or will very soon be up against all of those changes. It's not just your kids. It is you as well. It is all of us. It is not just your kids who will be impacted. And here's the thing I always say to parents, your kids will be fine. They have the mindset of adaptation from day one. They're born into this world that is changing by the minute. But you really need to also look after yourself because you potentially don't have this new world of work mindset. So if you've got more than five years left to work in this world of work, you really need to take care of yourself and have this mindset of adaptation versus just hanging on to something that no longer works for you and hope for the best. All right? This, you know, I'm recording this in 2024, but this will still be relevant whenever you listen. If you are still telling yourself that it's too risky, you know, to change careers or start a business at your age, that you left it too late, then please listen in and be prepared to think and consider if your way of thinking about this might actually be way too outdated. And it's the way that you currently think about the world of work that is really risky. All right. Now, I also want to say, I really want this episode and everything I do with the Career Change Podcast to be empowering and encouraging. Now, I know I'm a very direct communicator and I tell you the way it is. I don't beat around the bush. But at the same time, I trust that you know I'm recording this because I want to empower you. I want to encourage you to make that change. And I know that a lot of people, they see change as something really intimidating and scary. But it's so important that you make change mean something that is important to you. So what if we start looking at change as actually a chance to improve our lives for the better? Because why not? You're not happy in your career anyway. So let's look at change as something that is actually that um, catalyst that you need in order to create a much better working environment and much better work life. What if you actually had your best years ahead of you, right? Versus seeing change as something that's just inconvenient or, you know, a reason why you should want to stay stuck, right? You can view change as an inconvenience or as a threat, but how is that really working for you? What about viewing it instead as an opportunity to create something much better than what you have right now? And to start looking at at this opportunity that you have right now as the perfect opportunity to start making, adapting 
to how the world is changing, becoming second nature to you rather than being intimidated by all the changes. You still probably have decades left to work. We'll get there in a minute. So let me give you some real pointers as to why you really want to get your bottom gear with that career change now. Let's talk about some very particular risks that you are very likely ignoring or massively underestimating right now so we can get you motivated to make that change. This is also for a lot of my clients, a lot of the people that I work with, a lot of the people I come across like, Ricky, can you just record something that I can play to me when I start questioning whether I'm crazy for doing this, whether it's too risky. This is for all of you. Here's the thing, motivational fluffy quotes will only get you so far. Let's look at what's truly at stake for those of you who are choosing right now to stay stuck. Let's go deeper. So, Here are some of the risks that you are likely dramatically underestimating or ignoring or maybe even being unaware of right now by staying stuck in a career or a job you don't enjoy. And also at the same time, not even changing careers, not even starting a business. You are just choosing to stay stuck, all right? So you are very likely, and obviously there are a lot more risks than this. I'm just cherry picking a few to get us started. If you want more episodes like this, let me know. Come over and talk to me over at thecareerchangepodcast.com. But here are some of the risks that you're likely underestimating right now. And that is the you're underestimating the risk to your current career, the one you no longer want, but that you're also stuck with and that you currently have no backup to, right? The risk where you're de-skilling, demotivating, not achieving, becoming you know, a lot less competitive, and that is a real risk. The risk to your current career, the only one you've got by staying stuck and unhappy. There's, you're likely also just underestimating just how long you still have to work. The retirement risk. You are likely, on, you know, completely underestimating just how far off retirement might actually be for you and for most of us. And just how out of date a lot of the retirement projections actually are. And wouldn't you actually want to do work you enjoy if you're going to have to work for that long? You are likely, and you're probably feeling this, but you are likely underestimating the health risks, both physical and mental, of your manager and your workplace. And this is not just something that is going forward. This is potentially something that you lived with for a long time. And that might already be impacting you. And that is not going away the older you get. Hey, everyone listen to this. The vast majority of you are in your late 30s, 40s, so plus. So let's just think about that. Like I say, there are many more risks, but these are the ones I really want to talk about. Because there are, they are impacting you right now. Or they will very soon. So let's start with the first risk that you are likely underestimating. And that is the risk of staying stuck in your current career, your current job. Here's what's interesting. Staying stuck and unhappy and fed up and burned out, staying stuck in that job is not just the most risky career change strategy after 35. It is also the most risky career strategy full stop after 35. And that is what people tend to forget when they just think that they're staying stuck and and safe because they're not making that crazy career change. What they forget, this is not just about 
what you are not doing, i.e. you're not changing careers and you're not starting that business. It is also about what's happening to you and your existing career when you already checked out of it and you start risking even that the only career you have and your health. When you have decided you checked up, checked out, just think when you have checked out, just think about what you are currently not doing or haven't been for a while, what you are not doing or not achieving or not learning or not putting yourself forward for in your current career and probably haven't done for a while. You're not doing or putting yourself forward for or achieving or learning all of those things that your biggest competitors in your field and other professionals in your field are doing. So even if you think, oh, I'm just going to stay here and wait and see, there are a lot of things snapping at your heels right now that you are not doing. Just think about it. For however long you've been wanting to change careers, what is it that you therefore haven't been doing in your current career? What projects have you said no to or not really achieved in? What have you not put yourself forward for? What have you not learned? What have you not kept up to date with? What have you not educated yourself about? What network have you not built? What personal brand have you not put energy into building? Here's the thing, right? I know that for a lot of you who've been unhappy for a long time, but just in the dang stock, you kind of just been hoping that resting on your laurels is okay. So you haven't been keeping up to date with your field or growing, And that, my friend, is the most risky career strategy as someone over 35. Just look at the last couple of years, what you haven't done, what you haven't achieved, just how demotivated and potentially uncompetitive you've become. Even if you're someone who's bloody smart and probably had really great achievements earlier on, you really do not want to underestimate the risk to your current career of staying stuck, because that's right now the only one you've actually got. So not just that you're not changing careers, you're also not keeping up to date and competitive in the career you're already in. And here's something to think about in terms of what's happening and what's happening over the last number of years, and which is going to happen more and more. And that's the whole threat to you potentially of globalization and global platforms. You are not just going to be competing with people in your within people within your local industry, your local, you know, even if you're somewhere like London, York, San Francisco, you are not just competing locally. You are, and you know this, but let me just point this out. You are increasingly competing on a bigger and bigger stage for work. You have global competitors who right now are a lot more hungry for your current line of work, your career than you are. You have potential competitions from hundreds of thousands of people. There was an article that went viral in 2013, uh, written by the American journalist Thomas Friedman, where he said, average is over. This whole idea about just having an average skill and an average job is no longer enough to give you even an average lifestyle. You need to really identify what is your unique value contribution? What is the relevance for you to the buyer? You need to be bloody good at what you do and keep improving in order to stay competitive. But if you've already checked out and you're not keeping up because you no longer enjoy your profession, because you probably deep down actually don't care about the subject or things to do with it, then that's really hard to keep doing and that is exceptionally risky. 
Just look over the achievements that you've had in your career, the really, really big achievements. How many of them are within the last six to 12 months? What is the recency of them? And what about the knowledge that you actually have of your field? Here's the thing, knowledge is no longer power. It's not just about what you know, but it's about what you have shown that you have applied to your work recently. So it's application, recent application, both of new and old knowledge, but also recent achievements up to date. But if you just been autopiling it and not achieved and not explored, not kept up to date, you probably just had a groundhog day of a career and that can make it really hard to remember. So let's, for example, say you're made redundant tomorrow and you go for an interview and you have someone like me. I used to work in human resources. I loved asking really tough questions. One of the questions I would have asked you as an HR manager would be, well, give me an example of how in the last six months you've done this, this, and this, and this. What about this achievement? Da, da, da. How would you feel about answering that question? And how many concrete examples would you be able to give me? And even if you could, how strongly and enthusiastically would you actually be able to talk about them? Right? I want recency of proof. Expertise is so important. People want your expertise. They want you to upskill. They want you to reskill. They want you to broaden into adjacency. You know, nowadays it is all around continuous learning. And that has to be driven by you. Even if your company doesn't pay for it, it is expected that you are the one keeping up. And here's what I want you to know. If you do not feel like reading broadly, keeping up to, to, to speed with what's happening within your industry, within what you do for a living, and keep learning and, and you know, upskilling yourself and broaden your skills out, then that is a great indication that you desperately need a change. You need to find something you feel strongly about because from now on, my friend, we are all going to have to spend a lot of time keeping up to date with whatever it is that we do. So wouldn't you rather want something that deeply interests you, that you actually care about and you want to learn about, right? This is one of those things I really want you to think deeply about, that you are not just risking not changing careers. You are starting that business. You're also risking that only career that you have to make money with right now. That is why it's risky to stay. If you're not even keeping that up to speed, up to scratch. At the same time, flip side this, this should also be one of your biggest motivations to change because you are going to have to spend a lot of time both now and in the future really keeping up with the developments, going deeper, learning more if you want to be competitive within whatever it is that you do. And also if you want to enjoy it. I know that so many of you listening to this, like myself, you're learners. You actually love learning. It's just that right now you probably have a subject on industry you do not give a flying fart about. So let's get you changed. But you're likely underestimating that risk of staying stuck and losing the competitiveness, the motivation in your current career. So again, that is a big risk that you run by staying stuck, that you're likely underestimating or potentially even continue, you know, really ignoring right now. Think about that. The next risk I want to talk about is one of the ones that people really underestimate, and that's what I call the retirement risk. And that is just how long the vast majority of people still have left to work until, in quotation marks, they can retire. And also how retirement, the way we know it, is increasingly out of reach for many are very, very unpredictable. So here's what I mean by that. We are all living longer much, much longer than any generation before us. So if you were born in 1900, 
the average life expectancy of a newborn globally was 32 years. But now many of us, we live past 80 or 90 or even now 100. That's great. I'm very excited about a long life, but that's expensive. And long life comes at a cost. So what that means is that an increasing amount of that additional time will have to be spent working. And also in a lot of cases, a lot of people simply will not be able to retire. Or if they do, they definitely won't be able to do so at a standard of living that they become accustomed to. That is just a fact. Spend some time looking into this. I find it incredibly motivating. Now, the governments have already kind of picked up on this a little bit, right? So the numbers are still being debated, but the retirement age is going up across the globe. So here in the UK, where I currently live, the retirement age is set to rise to 67 between 2026 and 2028. In Denmark, it's already 67. In Australia, it's 67. I've got listeners all over the world. You check your own numbers, but you know the debate I'm talking about here. So what that means is that the 50-year-plus or even 60-year-plus career is becoming a reality for all of us. And that's just going to increase and increase, right? And here's the thing. Even now, people who think they have enough retirement savings under previous standards, even they run the risk of outliving their money thanks to the fact that they live longer and they are potentially healthier for longer. If that's not motivating, I don't know what it is. You and I are going to spend so much longer working than, so many more years working than any generation before us. We're not just going to live longer. We're also going to work much longer because it's going to be so expensive to live much longer. Just think about how the prices have gone up, how things are becoming a lot more unpredictable. That pension age is just going to go up and up and up. So I actually think this is one of the biggest motivators for why now is the time to course correct and something and find yourself something you can actually see yourself doing for a long, long time, right? Because you're going to be doing it for a long time. I also think it's incredibly empowering to know that I actually want to do the work that I do, right? That gives me an advantage over those who actually don't really like the work that they do because they're not going to be competitive over the longer time. The person who's competitive is one who actually truly enjoys what they do and want to continue doing it for a long time because it's meaningful, right? So I think that is a risk that a lot of people are underestimating, right? This is not just about you. I get so many people like in their 40s are like, oh, I'm in my 40s. I'm just going to stay stuck for another 10, 15 years, heads down and then retire. Good luck, right? Maybe you're someone who's absolutely loaded with loads of guaranteed investment, loads of savings, you know, maybe good for a small proportion of people. But for the vast majority of us, we're going to have to work a lot longer, be a lot smarter with our money. So if you are not happy in your current career or line of work, imagine having to be there for another 30 years. Right. If you're only like I know a lot of people listening to this podcast, probably average age, I would say, of the podcast listener here is around 40. So what that means, even though I've got clients in between 35 and and you know 55 plus, but for a lot of those of you listening, you have at least another 30 years left to work. Think about it. In that line of work you're in, could you even imagine still being there within another year or two or three? 
Probably not if you're like many of the people that I speak to. So that should really motivate you to rather than worry about the risks of changing careers, you should worry about the risk of staying stuck and spending the next many, many decades there because you're potentially going to have to, right? Liking and being good at how you make money is a superpower and will be a superpower in this new world of work. Let me say that again. Liking and being good at how you make money is going to be a superpower, is already a superpower in this new world of work. But you might be acting as if the opposite is true. So bear that in mind. The risky thing is staying stuck in a career you do not enjoy with a prospect to having to spend many more decades there. All right, let's go to the last risk I want to talk about in this episode. And that is one that I know I probably don't need to talk a lot about, but I want to just bring it up because you might be aware of it, you might feel it, but you might totally be underestimating what it's doing to you. And that is underestimating the health risks, both physical and mental, of either or both your manager and your workplace. We really underestimate the importance of work when it comes to our physical and mental health. Now, there, there's already loads of study that show the connection between how we feel about work and how we are treated at work and how that directly impacts how, you know, our mental health, our physical health, health, but also our life expectancy. There is one of the, the, the studies I recently came across um, is a 2023 study um, but there are loads of different studies, but this one was interesting. So it's the, the Workforce Institute at what's called UKG HACM. They're like one of the biggest um, human resources software providers. And they surveyed 3,400 people across 10 countries. And they found that stress from work carries into our personal lives too. So employees say that work negatively impacts their home life, 71%, their well-being, 64%, and their relationships, 32%. And also 60% of employees worldwide say that their job is the biggest factor influencing their mental health. Now, I don't really need to tell you this. You likely already experience this in your own head and in your own body already. I feel so sad with the kind of stories that I hear from my clients, the people that I come across. And I really want to say this to you, don't underestimate what this has already done for years to you and what it's doing right now. And that's before we even talk about your boss. But I just want you to think about what I know that many of you are living through right now in your own body, in your own head. Is it really worth the price? with a career you don't even enjoy, with that impact on your mental and physical health? Let me ask you this. Is your boss worth having a heart attack or a mental breakdown over? This is also interesting. Managers, research shows, they have just as much of an impact on people's mental health as their spouse. That's more than even, you know, more than or even the same as your spouse. There is a, a study, this is not a new study, but it's a very well-cited and, and, and uh, much-used study out of the, um, in Sweden, the stress, what's now known as the Stress Research Institute in Stockholm. They found, this was a study that found that male employees 
who had managers who were incompetent. Can anybody relate here? <laughs> managers who were incompetent, inconsiderate, secretive, or uncommunicative. They were 60% more likely to suffer a heart attack or cardiac condition. And also, the longer you work for a toxic bus, the higher your risk of being hospitalized or having a fatal heart attack, right? UCL here in the UK, they also did a study that shows that people who have highly demanding jobs and little freedom to make decisions are 23% more likely to experience a heart attack compared with their counterparts without such work stress, according to a study of nearly 200,000 people from seven European countries. And in all of the studies, conversely, the risk is much lower if you want a happier work environment. Now, I'm just mentioning those two studies just to really put into, you know, Obviously, these are just two studies. I don't want to blow them out of proportion, just like you never shoot with any kind of research. But just think about the risk you're running the longer you stay, right? Toxic leaders, toxic company cultures is not something that's going to go away. As a matter of fact, it's something that I see increase with all of the clients that I come across with the people that I work with. Just look at where you might be working right now. Do things seem to improve or do they just seem to get worse? And is that worth you paying the price for health-wise, whether it's your mental health or your physical health? And none of us are getting any younger. What that means is that the older you get, those, you know, those risks just increase. I really want you to think about that, the whole thing about toxic leadership and toxic managers, because there are so many of them out there. There is um, a paper that I came across um, by Theo Weltzman out of the University of Joburg, Johannesburg in South Africa. Where it was a recently published study where he talks about the growing incidence of toxic leadership in organizations across the world. Here's what he says. Research and anecdotal evidence suggests that one out of five, one out of every five leaders is toxic. However, he says his own research shows that closer to three out of every 10 leaders are toxic. So my friend, my listener, if you got one, you're probably not wrong. They probably are. Weltzman describes toxic leadership as ongoing, deliberate, intentional actions by a leader to undermine the sense of dignity, self-worth, and efficacy of an individual. This results in exploitative, destructive, devaluing, and demeaning work experiences. Furthermore, he states that toxic organization is one that erodes, disables, and destroys the physiological, psychosocial, and spiritual well-being of the people who work in it permanent, in a permanent and deliberate way. Right? But also, bless those managers. There is actually a UKG study, um, again, the, the company I mentioned earlier on, that shows that around half of managers actually wish someone had warned them not to take that current job. 57% of them said, and they also say that it's likely they'll quit their job within 12 months because their experience is too much work-related stress. That's almost, that's 46%. So also those horrible managers are not having a good time. So no wonder they're not happy and companies are not happy. Now, if that is not a great reason why you want to change careers or start your own business, I don't know what it is. As a matter of fact, this whole thing was something that impacted me dramatically. You know, physical, mental health of working with a, you know, toxic manager in a toxic environment. That was one of the main reasons, in addition to many other reasons, why I wanted to work for myself, why I wanted to create my own company culture, why I wanted to start my own business, because I would never want to give that amount of health impact to someone else, 
Just think about how much are your mental, physical health risk you're potentially outsourcing right now to that organization, to that boss. That was a big reason why I wanted to start my own company, why a lot of my clients want to start their own company, why they want to work for themselves. Or why those who didn't want to start their own company wanted to find someone that actually wasn't that toxic they could see themselves work with. All right. So just be very careful with underestimating how much, how many mental and physical health risk you are actually taking on right now by choosing to stay stuck. So over to you. Are you right now overestimating the risks of changing careers or starting that business and really underestimating the risks of staying stuck? Think about what I've outlined just in this episode alone. Is it time for you to stop risking Groundhog Day for decades to come and time to protect your health, your sanity? Are those risks you're currently, because you're going to be working for a very, very long time. Let me ask you this. If you just look forward to this coming year, whatever year you're in, do you want one more year of de-skilling, demotivating Groundhog Day and to look forward to that for decades to come? Or do you want one year of future-proofing, skill-building and creating work you're actually going to enjoy and want to continue doing for decades to come? Here's the truth. This might be your first career change or your first foray into self-employment, but it won't be your last. Career changes, career reconfigurations, you know, whether it's a business, a job, portfolio career, that is just going to become more and more the norm. The sooner you get cracking with adapting to a changing working world, the more confident, the more competent you'll get at mastering change and you're going to start enjoying it, using it to your advantage. Is the career or job you're currently stuck in and don't even enjoy, is it really worth the very real risks? Not just of you de-skilling yourself or becoming irrelevant in that career you don't even want, but also do you really want to stay with it for so long that it's going to impact you even more than your spouse in terms of the, the health risks? In 2024, or whenever you listen to this, not changing is the most risky career strategy, especially after 35. When you remain stuck in a career that doesn't truly interest you, that doesn't suit you, or when you stay stuck, when you burn out in a toxic job with a bullying boss, you no longer do your best work. You are unable to do your best work and you probably don't even want to. So what happens? You risk de-skilling yourself, de motivating yourself and becoming irrelevant, plus all of the health risks, and you have to work for much longer, you risk much less by transitioning into an exciting new career or creating a business of your own, one that empowers you to do your best work, to thrive, to truly thrive, enjoy, and feel increasingly confident and valued for the many, many, many more years that you and I still have left to work. If you want help creating that work that you're going to love, come over to thecareerchangepodcast.com and let me help you. Thank you so much for listening.